You are listening to a Warrior's Perspective podcast. On today's episode, Andrew talks to Kevin McBride, our attorney for LA County Free and the lawsuits that we have moving forward with the county. He fills us in on how that appeal process is going, and they also talk about the really huge news which involves some action that was recently taken by the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. I'm just going to leave it at that. You can listen to the episode and hear what that is. It is good news. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Welcome back to Warriors Perspective. Today we got myself, Andy Lawrence. I'm hosting this one by myself today. Um, unfortunately, uh, Josh and Noel are unavailable could definitely use some prayers to send out to to Noel. I know everyone's kind of heard about everything he's dealing with lately. And now to add on to that, they're kind of experiencing a bit of an apocalypse type of a situation up on the mountain with all the snow and everything. So he's currently up on his roof uh, shoveling snow to keep it from caving in. So we got him in our mind and in our prayers right now. But um, today I got uh, Mr. Kevin McBride with us and he's going to update us on what's going on with our appeal and talk a little bit about the county's recent decision to back off on the emergency order. So hopefully this episode's filled with good information for everybody and uh, we encourage everybody to listen, share the episode and and uh, please give us some reviews and feedback moving forward. So yeah, so how's it going, Kevin? Uh, kind of got some big news recently, I guess. Sounds like the county's starting to back off on the emergency order. So we're excited to hear uh, what that means for us moving forward. I think it's very good news. So, yeah, apparently the county is going to end the emergency order effective March 31st. That's that's what we all know now. And so then the question becomes, well, OK, what about our vaccination mandate? Let me just kind of go through the high points of all of this first, and then we can talk about details if you have questions. So the vaccination order says that it will end, the vaccination order will end upon termination of the local emergency proclaimed by the Board of Supervisors on March 4th, 2020. So at that point, the County Department of Human Resources will review the vaccination policy and quote, determine whether it should be modified or terminated. So that's what the vaccination policy says. Now, I don't think in a hundred years that the county has the authority to not terminate the vaccination mandate if the emergency is declared over. I mean, I just don't see it. Now, I will grant you that I've been really surprised so far in this case, with courts kind of letting the county do almost whatever it wants, no matter what the authority is, but I'm still going to say it again. Without an underlying declaration of emergency as authority for vaccination mandate, I can't see there's any authority to continue the vaccination mandate after March 31st. Uh, I think what will happen in real life is the department will get together after March 31st. They will talk about the vaccination mandate, whether it should be modified or terminated. And I hesitate to predict what the board supervisors will do with that question. Right. Uh, but we kind of need to see what, what they do first and then determine our own course of action. 
So let me just uh, get one other topic out of the way, uh, Andy, before you ask more questions or ask any questions. So what's going on right now is we have our appeal file that got filed yesterday. And so the appeal is, it's, I mean, there, there are several steps in the appeal. And bottom line is we have about, gosh, almost two months before we file a opening brief, probably. Maybe not exactly two months, but, but you know, two and a, a month and a half at least. So we're not, we have various filings that have to get done next week and then, and then, and then 10 days after that. So we're on a clock for filing small things, but we don't have to file the actual brief for a while yet. So that's where we are on the appeal. The process has started. It's starting to run. The clock's ticking. And, you know, luckily, or at least I think it's good that we're ticking our appeal clock at the same time that the uh, that the uh, emergency terminations clock is ticking. So that's kind of what I have at a high level, Andy, on, on both issues that we're looking at right now. Do you have, you know, questions you want to drill down on? Yeah, so I guess to summarize it, basically, without the state of emergency, the Board of Supervisors does not have the authority to be mandating vaccination on us. That's and, absolutely my legal opinion. I'm absolutely, okay. yeah, clear on that. Now, <laughs> will they try to do that? Right. That's another Who knows? story. But probably right. not. Probably not. Okay. Interesting. And then if they do rescind it, then that pretty much just ends our case with you moving forward as well, far as, you know, in that arena. Cause I know there's a lot of guys that still want to kind of go after this to set precedents for potential future mandates that may come into play and they still want to see this go to court. So I don't know if that's something that's available or, you know, what your thoughts are on that. That's a little difficult to answer. Probably I want to continue it for the very reasons that you just pointed out, but it's likely the county would file a motion to, to declare the appeal moot. And we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it. But I agree with you that we should pursue this as long and as far as we can to make sure we, you know, we don't have a bad person going forward. Gotcha. Okay. As far as the appeal, so I'm also aware that, and I'm sure you are too, that the Perk lawsuit also got dismissed in a similar fashion to ours, did it not? I think that's Scott Street that's doing that one. I don't know if, yep. if you heard about that or seen that. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So, um, so with the appeal moving forward, are we changing our argument in any way whatsoever, or is it just appealing the original original case that we put put forward? Well, with our appeal, I'm making it very simple. And the appeal is that we should be granted the right to modify our complaint, given the changed circumstances that exist. And failure, the judge's failure to let us modify or amend the complaint is clear legal error, which it is. And so what we really want on appeal is the right to be sent back to the trial court, file a new complaint that 
alleges to change circumstances, including now the ending of the emergency uh, order. Right? So really, we, we would just get sent back to square one and do this all over again in the trial court. Gotcha. That's what you have to do. If your case is dismissed, that's that's really what you have to do if you're not given the right to amend. Right, because it sets dangerous precedents moving forward, period. Not just for us, but for other cases in general, I'm, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. I mean, look, if this, it's really nonsense that the judge did not give us leave to amend. Here's one experience I've had. So, several years ago, I uh, had a case that came to me after a previous law firm had tried five times to have a complaint amended. Every, all five times, the judge said, no, you have a bad complaint, you don't state a claim, I'm throwing it out, but I'll give you another try. Same time, same thing happened five times in a row. This law firm had five tries to amend the complaint to state a legal claim. Well, after the fifth failure, the client said, you know, I maybe need to get a different lawyer. And that's when the case came to me. And so I filed an amended complaint, which was a sixth amended complaint. It got through, it got through, <laughs> the judge allowed it. And then we ended up with a really great settlement really shortly after that. But the point of the matter is, Amending a complaint to state a cause of action, a legal claim, is something that courts have to do routinely and do do it routinely. And it's just absolutely beyond odd in this case that the judge would not let us amend a complaint to, to allege new circumstances. So the new circumstances. So, you know, our complaint that got dismissed was filed. We filed a second amended complaint in federal court before Judge Scarzi on June 14th of last year. After we went back and forth with Judge Scarzi and then got sent to state court, this is the complaint that was in front of Judge Upender for um, Kalma, sorry, the Pinder's right. first name. Judge the Kalma, county judge. Mm-hmm. The county judge. This second amendment complaint filed June 14, 2022, is the document the county judge was looking at, and it is the document that he dismissed. Well, you know, that's, you know, six months, that complaint was filed six months before he dismissed our case, and a a lot of things happened in that six months. The country is turning against the vaccination mandates. Department of Defense turned against vaccination mandates. There were a lot of changed circumstances during that period of time that you are typically allowed to have made a complaint to allege, which we would have done had we been given the chance. And now, as I say, with the emergency ending, that, that is the, the linchpin to the whole vaccination mandate. That's a change circumstance with a cap, all capital letters. That's a really big change, right? So, 
the appellate court should send this back to Judge Kavanaugh and say, hey, with all these same circumstances, the plaintiffs get a right to amend their complaint and allege the changes and allege why their rights have changed under these new circumstances. That's what really should happen here. Gotcha. So, so the appeals court would just overrule his decision and then force him to do what he should have done to begin with, in a sense? Right. To give, to give me a chance to file an amendment complaint. Gotcha. The change in circumstances. And then I'm assuming he could then dismiss it a second time, and then we would just appeal that, and it would just kind of keep kicking the ball yeah, down the court it, in that direction? Yeah, that happens in cases more, more than you might think. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. What a waste of time, man. <laughs> you know, and money, unfortunately. But I guess well, it's... Well, from our point of view, look, at we... Nobody's been forced to take a vaccination yet. None of, none of my clients. Right. Nobody's lost their job. Nobody's been forced to take a shot. So at the end of the day, you know, I feel good at least about the result. And yes, it's been a waste of time, but we managed to drag this on long enough to kind of run the clock out, really. Right. Um, the vaccination mandate. So that's the silver lining, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's something that I tend to forget, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our guys tend to forget, is that even though we haven't seen like actionable things happening, the fact that this has just existed in the background has definitely put them in check and at least put them aware that we're not going to get pushed around um, and made them, you know, I, I mean, I truly believe that their rescinding of the discipline based off of Fulgent, which I know isn't part of our lawsuit, but I believe that the fact that we're affiliated with you period just really made them take a hard look at the way that they were going down that process and realizing a lot of the errors that were in there and just, you know, bought us the time that, that we needed to get to here. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a good point to bring up and for us to remember. If they really had tried, if they had really tried to terminate anybody, we'd have a whole new lawsuit with whole new claims where people's benefits are being taken away from them, pensions being taken away from them, employment and so forth. That's a much more serious case right. than a threat to do those things. Right. And that would be the grounds of the punishment doesn't meet the meet the crime essentially. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the precedence that they try to set on that was on the. Uh, I know you brought up the case before, but I think the fine on on not being vaccinated back in the day was like the equivalent of a few hundred dollars, and they're talking about us being terminated. Yeah. Am I quoting that correctly? Yeah. You are. Yeah, I guess it's kind of been a game of chicken, <laughs> but I'm I'm proud yeah. to say that we haven't moved. You know, and we've stood fast this whole time and super grateful for your guidance and everything that you've done for us moving forward through this. I know that a lot of people feel like they victory would have looked like, you know, going into court and them, you know, gotten being called out on the illegality of what they've done. But as you've said, and as we've said from the beginning, the goal of this was to keep our jobs, to not get a shot. And, uh, as far as that goes, I think we can, at this point, you know, still on the path to victory for sure. So you show me one judge in California who will do that for us and I'll be shocked. I thought we had that judge with Judge Scarzi. Right. And as a matter of fact, Judge Scarzi refused to throw 
our case out saying he could not do it without having fact-finding, which is correct. Right. Then, you know, then the U.S. Supreme Court case came down in, in the uh, abortion case, uh, Jackson Women's Health case, where the Supreme Court said there is no U.S. constitutional right to privacy. And after that, then Judge Scarzi said, well, then you guys don't have a claim in my case, in my court, because you're claiming a constitutional right to privacy that the Supreme Court has now said doesn't exist. So that, you know, that'll happen last year. So once Judge Scarzi threw our case back to state court, I mean, it almost seemed inevitable that it was going to get dismissed. So I'm kind of back. Now I'm, I'm, I'm maybe being a little long-winded here, but the reality of life is your judge is going to be a huge determiner of your case. And I remember, so here's one anecdote. I remember early in the coronavirus litigation, the vaccine litigation, there was a lawyer in Gainesville, Florida, who sued the city saying the, you know, the vaccination mandate was unconstitutional, very much similar to our claims. And he won. He won. In Gainesville, Florida. With a judge that had been appointed by Governor DeSantis, mm-hmm. who was, you know, the, the most conservative Republican governor in the country, with maybe Rick Scott in Texas. And then, so the lawyer who won that case was giving interviews and speeches about how you won these kind of cases. And my answer was, yeah, I'll tell you how you won that case. You live in Florida. <laughs> right. And you have a judge appointed by Ron DeSantis. And that's how you win that case. And then make a, you know, a reasonable legal argument. You'll win that case. And he did. But take that same lawyer and put it in Los Angeles County. And it's a, it's just a whole different ballgame. And that's what we've been facing this whole time. Actually, the fact that we've, you know, stayed alive this long, I'm kind of proud of, to be honest. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, I think a lot of us forget, like, that we do live deep behind enemy lines, you know, unfortunately. And it just doesn't really matter how right you are. You need to prove it in a court that's fair, you know, and unfortunately not everybody gets that opportunity, but as you said, as of today, no one's been fired. So that's huge. Right. I kind of have a checklist of what I look at for filing a case. And one, one of the things on my checklist is if the judge rules for us, how's he going to explain himself in a cocktail party or dinner with his friends without, you know, will, will his friends say, Oh yeah, that was a good girl. Good job. Judge. Or will his friends all revolt and say, huh, you're a horrible judge. We don't like you anymore. Right. And that's just the human nature element of being a judge. And we have, you know, I think Judge Stars have had a pretty serious talking to by somebody they really did. And I'm certain that Judge Cowell had no interest in countering the prevailing thought in Los Angeles County about vaccinations. So, yeah, there we go. Yep. Which is unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we get for living here. Right. That's one. Yeah, definitely.
Interesting. So I guess March 31st would be our next, um, our next date that we'll kind of reconvene then and, and see where, where we end up. Cause it seems like basically there's three options. They either get rid of it, they amend it or they choose to enforce it. Or I guess they could also keep it and not enforce it would be another option, which would be kind of interesting. But any of those other than getting rid of it means that we're moving forward. And I'm sure they're aware of our appeal at this point or have been notified or how long does that usually take before they're notified of the appeal? Oh, they get, they get noticed immediately. Nowadays we serve everything electronically, so they got noticed yesterday. Okay. Courts, Interesting. It's weird that I filed the appeal on the very same day that Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's no correlation there. It's just coincidence. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I believe that's God, you know, blessing our fight, really, you know, because yeah. it's definitely going to be something that's on their mind when they convene to make the decision on this, knowing that it will go to court if they don't get rid of it. So praise the Lord for that, for sure. Well, is there anything else uh, you think we need to touch on as far no, as updating the folks or, or anything or anything yeah, that you want to put out there? I think you're right, March 31st is the next uh, touch point. It may not exactly be on March 31st. It might take the county a week to have a board of supervisors meeting and talk about it again, but it'll be right around that time. Okay. So, and I'm sure moving forward, if anybody does receive discipline at any level for this, you want to be made aware probably pretty quickly, especially uh, with this, yeah. this yeah. new information. Um, yeah. And we're, we're in touch with anybody who has been disciplined. We are in touch. Right. So, uh, you know, on that topic, I've kind of been long-winded tonight, but on that topic, a few months ago, we did have several people who received five-day disciplines and or for firefighters, two shifts, I think it turns out to be. Mm-hmm. So we had a handful of guys who, who had those disciplines. Some, of, some guys turned into religious exemptions. A couple didn't. A few didn't. So I wrote letters to the fire department on behalf of each of those guys. And for the most part, those letters were still sitting on some chief's desk, you know, two or three months later. Interesting. They haven't taken action on, on almost any of those five-day notices, with the exception of one or two guys who were kind of, you know, generally known as, you know, kind of you know, the butt guys, they, they got slapped, but nobody else has. They're those, you know, my letters are sitting on the desks hmm. of Chief Pappas and others. So I think, you know, I, I, what I said in those letters, among other things, was hey, let's just please just sit back and see how this pandemic thing evolves, how this all goes. And the chiefs have pretty much done that. So, you know, I want to I thank the fire department for not being hyper-aggressive, honestly. And I think they deserve credit for that. Yeah, I'd agree, for sure. Um, and I know that you're probably aware, but Chief Maroney was officially appointed as our fire chief, and he's been very forthcoming about reaching out to some of us up in the leadership and the discipline realm 
Uh, we've had multiple Zoom meetings with him, um, which he didn't have to do. And he kind of echoed a lot of what you've said. You know, I'm going to keep some of those conversations in, in the confidence of of the arena that they were in. But he definitely was not in a rush to make any rash decisions on this, as you're saying. And I think that that definitely needs to be said and appreciated by us moving forward. Um, because, you know, he's a smart guy. And, and one thing that, that we were able to help him realize was regardless of if you submit an exemption or you don't do fulgent or whatever, the bottom line is at the end of the day, you end up with the same product. You either have a vaccinated individual or an unvaccinated individual, and there's no way to coerce those numbers to be more one way or the other. So what's kind of the point of this whole thing really, you know? Um, and I think that was, a a position that he was taking moving forward towards the board of supervisors. Um, and especially with the um, financial climate that our department's in right now is we, we just can't afford to lose people. So explain that to me or, or to, to everyone listening. Maybe you all know about that. I really don't. Well, this it, is explain climate. which part now? Well, this is a financial climate in the front of Um, I don't know the specifics of it, but I'm just aware that our budget is kind of in shambles right now. Financially, we're spending a lot of money on overtime uh, because of vacancies and because of guys off on injury. And that's kind of the main mission that he has moving forward is to get us back on track financially. I think we're just bleeding cash right now, really, you know, Um, and it's kind of represented in a bunch of different arenas, but the one that we feel the most impact of is in staffing. And due to the lack of staffing, we're having to recall quite often and guys are working a lot of overtime. Some of that's from vacancy. Some of that's from people off on injuries. But the bottom line is, is we're, we're paying out a lot of money because of that situation. So firing people over fulgent or an exemption or a vaccine that obviously doesn't work just is not smart. So, and I think he understands that. Well, good, good. That's great. Yeah, there was one other point I was going to bring up. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head right now. So, oh yeah, that's what it was. So my last question, I guess, would be for, I mean, because there were people outside of the fire department that were terminated for not being vaccinated that chose not to put in exemptions. And that would be like, for example, like social services or some of those other county departments under DHR. And I, as far as I know, none of those persons are on our lawsuit specifically. But if they do throw out the mandate, where are those people left? I mean, are they just kind of under the purview of that was a law at the time, so that's kosher? Or are they now in a position where they can now seek their jobs back or you know, receive back pays or... Or do they have any options? Well, let me confirm the first part of your comment. All of our group are employees of the fire department. So right. we don't have any non-employees. We're not all firefighters, but they're all employees of the fire department. So none of our people has been terminated, not one. Correct. Now, as to the other people who are not part of the fire department, I mean, they can ask for the jobs back, but I don't think the county. I'm just, hey, I'm just coming off the top of the on this. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Like, this isn't like legal advice or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. right. But I just, doubt the county has an obligation to give them their jobs back if they don't interesting. want them. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's the Lord works time. things in mysterious ways, so just got to lean on Him in those situations for sure. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Kevin, um, and sure, kind of clearing up some of these things. And hopefully, we'll be riding this out to victory, and um, we can reconvene here in about a month or so um, right. once the next milestones hit. And then hopefully, shortly after that, we can talk about planning some kind of a victory party that I think that needs to be had. Um, I think a lot of guys could use that. I know that I've seen some rumblings of a get together. Um, but I think, uh, it'd be cool to get something with everybody that signed up and try to get us all together and kind of share some, some fun times together when we can all take a big fresh breath. (laughs) So awesome. Cool. Right on. Well, I don't have any other questions. Um, if anybody else has questions that they have for Kevin that's listening, uh, please reach out to us and we can kind of forward those his way and try and touch on some of those in further episodes to, to get that information out there. So, all right, man. Well, it's good talking to you. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Um, I hope this information was encouraging for some of you out there because I know a lot of us are hitting the wall on this thing right now. I know a lot of us are starting to feel frustrated that um, this thing's not really hitting the end that we maybe necessarily wanted. But straight out of the Bible, I mean, vengeance is for the Lord, you know, and it's not for us. That's kind of a tough one for me, too, because I know at the beginning of this this whole thing, I was kind of not in the place that I am now with my faith and my relationship with the Lord. And I really did want to seek vengeance with this, and I wanted to kind of tackle this evil and expose it. And, um, it will have its day at some point. I don't know when or how, but at the end of the day, we're all still here. We're all still together. There's definitely some wounds and some, some, some injuries and and whatnot that are going to need some scarring over. I know for myself personally, I just don't look at our department the way I used to before. And that's unfortunate. I'm trying to get to a place where I can have the spirit back in me that I used to have before all this happened. I haven't found that yet, to be quite honest, which is tough, you know, because this was a a job and a department that I, I've sacrificed a lot for. And, um, it's kind of unfortunate where things have, have ended in that sense. I am grateful for the opportunities that it has presented to me up until this point. I'm grateful for the livelihood that it's provided for myself and for my family, However, the way that I view and, and choose to to give of my time and of my energy outside of what's called on me to do on a regular basis is something that I'm definitely reevaluating right now. But a silver lining would be is I'm definitely more convicted to reignite this brotherhood on this department and the sisterhood and the sense of family that definitely emerged within our group. I feel like um, a lot of people stepped up and took on some roles and took some risks. And I think it's incredible what we've done and what we've accomplished. And I'm so grateful for all of you out there that have, have stood with us in this fight and that have supported us. It's, it's meant the world to us uh, more than, you know, and on that note, the person that I need to be thanking the most more than anything, first and foremost is our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. He stepped up for us. He's carried me through this. Um, and then a very close second is going to be my wife, Um, I don't know how I could have done anything close to what I've done to continue to stand for this fight and to put this podcast together with Noel and Josh and to to be vulnerable and to to just kind of do the things that we've done. I mean, looking back, it's pretty incredible. 
And I can honestly say that I would not have been able to do that with, with the amazing wife that I have behind me. And I'm just so grateful for her and everything that she's done. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can echo this. And I think that if you haven't, that you need to step up and, and be the man of your house and, and thank your family and those that, that have stood up behind you through this. Because, I mean, a big thing that my wife's taken on recently is she's kind of running our social media for this podcast now as far as putting our content together and putting those posts out there for our episodes and whatnot. Um, everything's still being run through our, through myself and Noel and, and Josh. And then a lot of the comments that are being answered um, is still us, but she's taking on the, the bigger part of creating the posts and, and the stories and, and kind of keeping us current in that on top of keeping our house running and homeschooling our children. And, and she just made some tremendous sacrifices for me, which is ultimately for all of us. And I think that we all owe it to our wives, a huge thank you. And we love you so much. And we're so grateful for you. And I think a lesson moving forward that I can just kind of share in, in that sense is, is the reason that I feel like our family has been able to say, stay so strong and so tight through this is because of our submission to the Lord. We've definitely gotten into the word and into scripture and, and identified what those roles are biblically. And biblically, the man is to be the leader of the household. And then the wife is supposed to be there to, to prop him up and to raise the children and, and, to, and to keep that household. Um, but we're to love our wives as Jesus Christ loves the church. And Jesus gave his life for this church and for all of us. And that love that he shows for us should be echoed in the way that we treat our wives at home. And I promise you that if you have the strength to be that man in your household, to portray that love and to show that love that you're, it's going to be reciprocated tenfold. And it's really going to turn the tide. If, if you've had some trying times and some difficult troubles through this, which we all have myself included, uh, we're human. Um, and, and this has been a, a difficult, tough fight. So to think that we would get through this unscathed without arguments or, you know, sleepless nights or, or, you know, a variety of other things that we've all been dealing through would have been naive. However, I can proudly say that my family and my relationship with my wife and my children and my relationship with the Lord is tenfold stronger than it was when we started out in this. And I couldn't have done that without our Lord and Savior and without my beautiful wife. So on that note, thanks again for listening today. Please reach out to us for content moving forward. Um, I apologize that we haven't been able to continue with our weekly episode release on Thursdays. Uh, but I'm sure as a lot of you are aware, we've been kind of dealing with a lot of personal issues in the background. And on that note, I do have to say that the the amount of support that Noel's been receiving has just been incredible. And I'm sure if he was here, he'd be echoing that. And there's no doubt in my mind because him and I have been talking regularly. Um, and he's just completely overwhelmed in some ways embarrassed, but I think that's just because of the, the man that he is and the man that I would be too in this situation. Um, but the amount of support that's been given to him financially and spiritually has been incredible and praise God that he received that. Cause I can't even imagine had he not reached out and then tackling what he's trying to tackle at home with this snowstorm up there. I, you know, I don't know where that would have ended up. So praise the Lord to give him the strength to reach out and ask for help, which is something that's tough to do. I'm not very good at it. And it's funny that as he's brought up that him and myself and others that are kind of in this arena right now of, of pushing how to be stronger spiritually and, and how to be a man in these trying times, uh, we're, 
seems like we're, we're good at giving advice, but we're not always very good at, at heeding our own advice. Um, and so I just can't say enough about how proud I am of him and his courage to do what he did and to put himself out there in that way. And I'm just so grateful that the re the reception of, of that information from everybody out there is just, it's been incredible and it just warms my heart. We're so grateful for all of you, for all of our listeners and for those that have supported us. Um, we do have episodes planned moving forward. A few that we have kind of teed up that we need to reschedule now that we're kind of getting back on track is we're going to be speaking with, um, one of the America's frontline doctors. Uh, we have a warrior mom that's going to come on. She's an author of an incredible book. Um, she's going to be speaking some of her testimony. Uh, we need to finish up uh, Habakkuk with Gary. And then uh, another episode that I'm excited for that we're going to start here pretty soon is we're going to jump into the book of Job, which is a pretty incredible book. And um, we're going to have a very, very special guest to kind of tee us off on that one. And I'll just kind of keep that one close to me right now as a little bit of a teaser moving forward. But yeah, so if any of you guys want to get ready for those episodes, we're going to be finished up Habakkuk and uh, getting into the book of Job so you can start reading in, into that scripture. But anyways, again, please share our content. Please share our material. Uh, please give us reviews, both good and bad. We want to put out a good product for you. And please reach out to us on social, on social media. Uh, but I hope everybody's having uh, a nice dry day and they're staying warm inside and, and God bless you all. Thank you so much. This has been a Warrior's Perspective podcast. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. And I just want to echo what Andy said there in the closing. I'm humbled and deeply appreciative of all the support of all kinds, whether it be financial or those of you that have reached out, sent me a text message, gave me a phone call. We've gotten so much support as a family. It's been incredible and super meaningful. And Andy's absolutely right. This last couple of days would have been nearly impossible if I was still worried about all that same stuff while I went into the storm of storms and was literally shoveling snow off my roof, snow that was five feet deep in order to keep it from collapsing into my house because it was looking like it was starting to do that. So <laughs> I love you guys. You've been huge. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Sorry, no, forgot to give you one of these.
This has been a Warrior's Perspective podcast.